So it's season two, and I need your help. So could you help me to say welcome to Life on the Bright Side? Thanks, Bobby. You're welcome. Can you say it for me? Well, yeah. Okay. We're taking for, for, we're taking it on the bright side. Yeah. Yeah, we're taking it on the bright side. We absolutely are. We're going to go on that journey. Can you say, welcome to life on the bright side? Yeah. You can say it? Yes. Okay. You ready? Yeah. One, One two, two, two three. three. We're in the bright side. Yes, we are. And we're going to have a lot of fun, aren't we? Yes. Maybe later we'll go for a nice drive. Yes. Okay? I hope you're ready for a courageous conversation with my friend Mo Jones. Wow. During this conversation, we started out with a very noble effort to begin the perfect podcast when my internet decided to crap out at the very beginning. So you will hear during the broadcast that we pieced together two different Zoom connections because I had to move from one part of my house to another in order to set up. Success at the end, as you will see, Mo delivers and parcels out her wisdom about how to have your courage show in every aspect of your life. Thank you so much for being here and living your life on the bright side. Join us. Actually, we did not plan it ahead, but we are wearing red, our power color today. We are. I love it. And our topic today is courage. And I was going to be very, very suave and say to you, bon courage, and ça va bien. Uh, And I started thinking about it. And the root of bon courage is courage. And courage, if people go back to the root of the word, courage, is heart. So you need to have heart to have courage. And this is all, all about you. Uh-oh. I am seeing Mo frozen. This is not good. Oh, and you're freezing on my end. Oh, no. Mo, are you there? I'm there. I can hear you. Can you hear I'm me? I'm going to go get another thing. Oh, she's still frozen. Can you hear me? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life on the Bright Side. We have a wonderful guest today, and our topic is courage. So a few minutes ago, when we were discussing all of this, I was talking to Mo Jones, our guest today, and I said to her, bon courage, uh, because Mo speaks French. And when I said bon courage to you, what does that mean to you, Mo? Oh, it means be of good courage, be of good strength, and get yourself ready for the journey. Yes. And with the root of the word courage, for people who are not as savvy about languages as you are, um, the root of the word is heart. So to be courageous, you, you have to have heart. And that's what this whole journey is in our lives about, correct? Absolutely a lot of heart. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for the amount of heart that we do have or that we're capable of having. And when that happens, we sometimes shortchange ourselves and we don't see what could be possible if we actually tapped into that heart and allowed courage to just start flowing through. Yes. And our audience consists of a variety of different people from different walks of life, but we have a lot of caregivers, parents of special needs, children and adults who listen and having courage is something that they have garnered over the years through their journey. However, they may not see it as courage. So could you talk a little bit about what your background is and how you got to courage? Oh, courage, courage. So I have a background in speech language pathology. So 
I have spent my whole career working with special needs kids. So from that aspect, I definitely understand and know what that's like. While I don't have a child that's special needs, so I can't, I don't understand it from the day to day in that regard. But the amount of courage that I have seen many parents that I have worked with had to carry on and take on has been, has allowed me to learn more about courage along the way. And it's, it's having a special needs child is I think I always call it a special gift because as the parent, you get to see that child in the light that no other person ever will. And as much as therapists come into your life and help you and guide you, you as the parent, you have that special task to journey on with that child. And I see caregivers as the embodiment of courage because you have to travel a road often unknown right? You have to travel a road that maybe you had to shift gears on because it wasn't the original road. And you take it with heart, you take it with conviction, and you take it with courage, trying to show up for your child while also trying to show up for yourself and the rest of your family. Oh, for some reason I'm losing Mo again. Uh-oh. I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello. You can't hear me? Hello? Hello? Oh, is that better? Now I hear you. Yes. Um, you were right in the heart and soul of what you were talking about. And you disappeared. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, goodness. So... I, so to get back to a little bit on talking about courage and caregiving, I think caregivers are often the embodiment of embodiment of courage because they have to literally choose courage daily to Great. be there for their kids and to be yeah. there for themselves and their family. Yeah. And, and that is so profound, what you just said. Choosing courage daily is a part of all of our lives, but the, the path that is so uncertain for these families, um, whether it's Alzheimer's that they're dealing with, they're, they're dealing with uh, physical limitations, they're dealing with behavioral or neurological, whatever it might be, uh, to have that courage to... Um, to move forward. I think what's interesting is a lot of people will say to families and um, those of you for um, full disclosure, I do have a son with special needs. Um, what I think is interesting is people will say to you, you know, God chose you because you're a special kind of person who can do this. And that's why you have this mission in life. Um, we don't wanna hear that in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely i agree because in that moment you're trying to navigate this new course right you're trying to navigate this new road and going through your own stages of acceptance particularly for a newly diagnosed loving family member that you have and so that's not what you want to hear at that moment and I think it's being able to just try to be in that space and just offer the best support and really just, and even just being able to say, look, I don't have the words to really describe this and I can't begin to know what you're yeah. going through, but I'm here for you. Oh, and those are the perfect words to say because 
when we have not walked in someone's shoes, okay, maybe we can't relate to what they're feeling in that particular moment, but we can sit there and listen. We can absorb what they're saying. And if there are solutions, if they allow us to offer solutions, that is what your career has been about over the last few years. Because in that moment, when you are receiving a diagnosis with your child, um, you're a deer in headlights. Those eyes get really big. And I have seen those parents come and find me in my position um, as a person who supports families who are facing autism every day. Uh, what do I do next? What do I do now? How do I fix this? How do I cure them? Where do I go? I have heard people um, in various languages say, is there a pill? How do we move on? And God bless them because I've been there too. But the one thing that, uh, that sets them apart is that they have that willingness to move forward because they have to help their child or their loved one. Um, if, it's, if it's a diagnosis of something like Alzheimer's or dementia, helping with their parent often or a relative, a loved one, maybe it's uh, a husband or a wife to move forward. And um, what comes to mind when you were talking was, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Frozen 2. My daughter just introduced me to it. But the music in that animated film is incredible, the lyrics. There is a song where they are literally in the dark wood and they don't know what to do. And the woman sings um, the most important words that I thought were to find the next best yeah. Thing to do. And when mm. we find the next best thing to do, maybe it isn't the answer to the problem, but you have taken a step forward. There is movement. There is propulsion forward. And, and that's the key to anything. Um, I know that you have taught this um, in what you do. Absolutely. I love that, the next best thing, because I think sometimes when we are trying to figure out our next steps, right? And there's a sense of overwhelm. It's a sense of something new you're faced with, something you've never done. And so it's so easy to get overwhelmed and you're trying to figure out what do I do, what do I do? But if you can get to that point where you can say, what's the next best thing that I can do, however small that is, that next best step leads you to the next and the next. And it's not even thinking about all the multiple steps ahead, but it's right in that moment. What's that next best step that you can do? And in my work in coaching women entrepreneurs to use their voice for their business and to talk to their audience, that's one of the areas that we focused on being able to just be in that moment and take that moment right where you are and use that skill right where you are to show up because you don't necessarily have to have steps 20 ahead, 20 steps ahead and know exactly what to do. But if you are in that moment and right now, if you can just, if you're only able to go on for like five seconds and just say hi to your audience online, that's okay. Start at that five second mark that you're at and then figure out the next best step. Absolutely. And you have taught me well because I'm one of your students. Uh, speaking, for instance, the way that we are speaking right now, this was something that did not occur to me a year ago that I would be doing. Two years ago, heaven forbid, I would have thought of such a thing. But the pandemic has offered a lot of us opportunities that we would never have explored, I believe. Uh, so there, there is a, a sense of fear in the last two years that we have gone through what, what's next, what, what is going to be the next step? What is, and those steps, we have gone through some pretty crazy steps in the last almost two years now. Wow. Um, and I was watching a show last night and it reminded me again of you because our topic is courage. And they said, I wrote it down, let's see, without fear, there is no courage. Exactly. I, I was blown away. That's it. That's it. When you think about it, why would you need courage if you didn't have any fear? And that fear, I've come to learn through my own experience and in my experience working with the women that I've coached, that fear is a good sign. That fear reminds you that 
you have the opportunity to learn more about yourself and show up in a way that will that only allows you to see a better version of yourself right and i think so many times we want to run from the fear the fear shows up and we either want to run we want to hide or we just want the fear to go away and rather than doing that if we can take the time to just name the fear like name it it's showed up and what am, what is it that i'm afraid of when you name it you start to it doesn't have as much power over you. And what I've done in the past is I will write down what that fear is I'm afraid of, and then just look at it. And when you can name the fear, it doesn't have as much power over you. And then once you're able to name it, if you can start to embrace it and say, okay, this fear is here. I'm not gonna try to push it away. I'm not gonna try to run away from it. I'm going to acknowledge it's here and talk to your fear. I've said there have been times where I talk to my fear and I say, thank you for showing up. What are you here to teach me? What do I have to learn? Or sometimes it's begrudgingly. I'm like, okay, you're here. What are we doing? <laughs> Tell me, what do you need me <laughs> to learn? <laughs> you know, and the one thing I've learned is over the years is anytime fear has showed up for me, that's actually a good thing. When in the past, I used to think it was a bad thing that fear was showing up. I used to think that maybe I don't know enough or maybe I'm not able to handle it. But I've learned that fear has actually been one of the best things for me in a way because it has allowed me to see myself and try different things in different ways. And as a result of that, it's only allowed me to evolve. And so I've switched fear around now. I call it forever evolving and rising because that's what fear is doing and what are we and who are we if we're not evolving and rising right as human beings right. that's what we're supposed to be doing becoming better versions of ourselves and sometimes i think we as individuals we think that we have to become like this we have to go from like zero to 180 and that's really not what evolving is about we evolve in steps and increments, right? And we might have, you know, some spikes throughout our journey mm -hmm. that are like, oh, wow, we're doing great and we're up here. But if we realize that day by day, we are showing up, day by day, we're allowing fear to grow us a little bit more, then that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's doing life and that's you on your own journey. Because a lot of the times, it's not just they're getting to the end point. It's that journey. It's that ride that you're taking and it's who you're becoming on that journey. Yes. So wise. I love all of that. And I love your acronym for fear. Um, I have a mentor whose um, acronym for fear, let's see, of course, it's not going to come to my brain, but I was thinking when you were thinking, I was thinking face everything and rise. Mm. Um, and hers is going to come to me after I'm finished talking to you, I'm sure. But I know that what's, it, what's <laughs> important is that we are thinking on our feet anyway. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, man, um, I, I, I forgot something that I was supposed to say to Mo. Now I have to stop. And right. the fact that the and the fact that you and I have been having this conversation and when it gets all put together, no one will see the strings because we have been kicked off the internet. We have been exactly. fixed our speakers. We've, we have faced our fears and risen. Exactly, we have. <laughs> and that's really what's it all, what it's all about, right? Yes. yes. I think that it's so true because if you look at it, um, I think about who, like you just said, you were talking about as we move on and the things that we learn and things that we lose fear of. Um, when I was a kid, my sister and I, we would go to a store and we wanted to buy a pair of pants or a shirt or something. And we didn't know what size our pants were. So we would go in and we would be afraid to ask where the dressing room was or if we could try something on because we were so unbelievably shy. And I was older by 16 months, so I had to go ask. <laughs> I would say, they look good enough. And I would hold them up to her, they look good enough, let's buy them. And of course they didn't fit. So heaven forbid we had to return something because we never did. I'd say, oh, someday we'll grow into it. <laughs> or we would, 
we would pin them. My mother would have been horrified if she knew, you know, and I, I mean, I was 14 and I was horrified to talk to humans. You know, and my aunt used to ask me to go into the store and buy a dozen corn. I was afraid to ask the person for a dozen corn. So I would just say, I don't know where it is. And now I look and I think how our children must feel when they do things. I, you know, I sit there and I roll my eyes and I say, oh, for gosh sakes, it's over there. You know, and then I realized, hello, you were oh, that person. <laughs> exactly, right? We all have to learn and grow into that. And for a lot of young girls, particularly, that's not an easy skill. It's something that they have to be taught so that they can really learn it. And like anything else, the more they do it and the more they, the, they practice it, the easier it becomes. But it is something that, you realize how it's, it helps shape you. It helps you in how you show up in the world. And if you can yes. start to trust that, okay, I, this may not come naturally to me, but if I practice it and I work at it like anything else, it can become a part of me. And then you realize the more you do it, the more you're like, okay, this is, this is okay. I can do this over and over yeah. again. And right. This is, I, I know, and I can relate to that story because when I was younger, that was me where it was difficult for me to ask those kinds of questions. And it took me time and learning over and over. And I think when I started to study speech language pathology, it really opened up so much for me in that regard because here I was helping others find their voice. And it reminded me how powerful the voice can be. So yes. it was like, you have to use yours, Mo, you know, you have to use it. There are so many people that would want to use it and are not always able to use it. So how do you have this and you're not using it? So that kept going in the back of my mind and it kind of allowed me to put myself into spaces where I practice to use my voice. And I learned how to do workshops and presentations for parents and families and colleagues. And I discovered through doing that, I loved doing that. Wow. And so it was something that had I not allowed my fear to show up and had I not allowed my fear to teach me some new things, I would have never discovered what I enjoyed doing or what I was capable of doing. And so that became something for me where I said, okay, I can practice learning and being comfortable in using my voice over and over again. And then when I had children, that was the other thing. There's something about having kids. And I'm sure you know that you are now responsible for these two little human beings. And so how are you going to show up in the world and be the best that you can be for them? And having two daughters, particularly, I realized they're watching and then I'm going to be learning from me. So I wanted them to see and know the power of using your voice as well. And so I had to model living that so that they can see it and learn it for themselves. So true. So true. My mother was very shy. And I used to do, see her do things not knowing that her knees were shaking or her hands were shaking and did them anyway because she needed to get a means to an end. And having our children watch us is so powerful, whatever their level of ability is, because they're seeing us move forward. I know that my son, um, who has special needs, is fearless, totally fearless. And I think it's because he doesn't know that there is a reason to be afraid of things. He will try things where he'll try a new food and he immediately knows yes or no. Nope, don't want <laughs> I that. I love it. <laughs> no, I love that's it. A different, different thing. But when you think about it, do you want, like the cowardly lion, do you want it to say fear or coward on your shirt? Or do you want it to say, I have courage? The word courage is such a powerful word for us to choose in many ways. And I love that you are teaching others about your courage through example, um, whether it's going to an IEP meeting and being prepared for something, whether it's a business meeting, whether it's meeting with, um, and, and this was a big issue for me in the business world, meeting with men as peers, because yes. I didn't, I didn't feel worthy. 
And they had always been the male role model was either a, a brotherly role or a fatherly role or what role were they going to play? And I even was just telling my daughter yesterday about a boss that I had at one point who seriously took the dysfunctional family role dynamic in our business where we worked. And he was the father. And mm. when you said something, he would interrupt you and say, nope, we're not going there. And I remember thinking, this is what business is like. Wow. <laughs> you know, it just blew me away. And, and learning to find my voice or when my voice was appropriate or not being chastised. And now we are in a different mindset in the world where we are encouraging all people of all abilities to bring their gifts. And I think it's time that we all are able to speak up and show that, like you say, use your voice for good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think what ends up happening is we have all these experiences throughout the different parts of our lives that end up collecting. And in some way, they can either shape us to help us know how we want to use our voice, or they can, e or they can either shut you down. And so it's really important that we take that step that we say that we really understand how valuable and needed our voice is so that we can continue to move forward and have the impact that we need to have, whether it's in our families, our businesses, our communities, and others along the way so that we can really be at the full, you know, really live our voice to the fullest, really. Well, and especially now um, in the world where we are in the last two years, voices are heard, whether it's social media, whether it's um, blogging, whether it's stories that are out there, even if we are not seeing each other through, um, people have had marches, they've had riots, they've had all, their voices are being heard. People are standing up and taking a stand because either they're, they can't take it anymore, they're tired. They're not getting what they need. Their family's not getting what they need. So they speak up. I know a lot of advocates who are parents. My son, speaking of advocates, he's here too. Um, <laughs> hi, um, Kyle. Mo says hi. Yes. And I think what's interesting is as they take a stand, their fear subsides and their courage, the resolve to make things happen. The world is changing. And some of the things we may not like, some of them we may, may like because it's made headway, but we're doing something. And I was just pointing this out to a friend the other day. I was watching the series, The Women of the Movement. I don't mm -hmm. know if you saw it, but no, it was seen it. all about the civil rights beginning and how, how that process was because people were just tired of seeing things happen. And finally, people spoke up and were talk about courage. This is unbelievable. That's unbelievable and, courage. And the, just watching this from 65 years ago and knowing that that has spurred on all of the things that have happened and the, the words of Martin Luther King are still out there making a difference in our world. Absolutely. This is important that we keep speaking up and saying what's on our hearts, which is what courage is. Courage to say, mm, I don't know about that hairstyle. <laughs> That's a little... <laughs> different but saying what's on our hearts what it what is compelling because there are so many people um and I know it was probably one of the French writers that I had to listen listen to the books or read the books I should say um oh to get to the point reach the point of death and never having mm. spoken the words that I needed to speak and having exactly. that courage we exactly. don't want to be there and I think this is a generation that is speaking their words Absolutely. This is definitely a generation where they are more willing to be out there, own their voice and speak their words and talk about what matters to them and what's on their heart. And I think that that's so needed because that is really the only way that we can continue to grow and evolve. Right. And I yeah. think for, you know, when you stay silent for so long, that can become paralyzing. And at some point you have to realize, you know, I cannot, I can no longer remain silent. Right. And you mentioned Martin Luther King Jr. And I think when I think of the word courage, I mean, he is courage 
at heart because he had the courage to speak when he was told he couldn't speak. He had the courage to speak when he didn't even know if his people would be listening to his words. And he had the courage to speak when they wanted him silence. And so we have to really tap into that courage. And whether it's for a social issue, whether it's for your business, whether it's for your family, whether it's for yourself, there's so much power in using your voice. And if we could really tap into that, it is unbelievable how we could continue to move forward and have the impact that we need to have. So true and beautifully said. I believe that um, I was thinking about the book, James Clear's Atomic Habits and yes. how if we are to course correct just 1%, 1% braver, 1% more courageous, the things that we could change in the course of a year, in the course of six months even, um, that would change the world in a lot of ways. If we were just 1% kinder, if we just opened 1%. the door for people. Yes. <laughs> Just 1%. It doesn't have to be so big. And I think that's where people get lost. They think it has to be this insurmountable or this big, gigantic wave. And sometimes all it takes is that 1%, that one degree, that two degree shift. If you start doing that, it just starts sailing you into another direction. And next thing you know, you've completely changed course and you're on, you end up on the path that you're supposed to be in. You end up in a path that really helps you to whatever you're supposed to be, um, you know, evolving for or doing. And so and that's something that even myself, I've had, to, I've had to shift because that you, you could, you could think it's overwhelming. You could think, well, I want to do this and I want to use my voice this way, or I'm going to choose courage and I'm going to try different things. And you could be overwhelmed by it. And just that one degree shift, that two degree shift is really all you need. And it all of a sudden you're all sailing on a new, new wave. Yes. Um, now I have, one question I want to ask you, what's the most courageous thing you have ever done? Oh, that's a good question. Oh my gosh. Um, the most courageous thing that I have ever done. You know, courage has always, I've always realized how much courage I needed to have, but the most courageous thing, I mean, I guess there's a number of things that I've done, but I think one of the most courageous things was one, moving out on my own and living on my own, that, that's definitely something pretty courageous that I've had to do. And, but most importantly, being able to make decisions for myself and not because other people are telling me that I have to do it or, maybe, or because people think I have to do it. Hmm. And I think, you know, and that comes up in a couple of ways. I think you know, we live in a world where I think, you know, everything has to be in a box or fit a certain way. And I think I, it's easy to get caught up into that. And I constantly find, have found myself making sure that I make decisions or I do things because that's where it's leading me and not because of what other people want me to do. Oh, so true. You know, I've, and yep. And I think particularly sometimes as a Black woman, as you show the way you show up in the world, people want to expect you to show up a certain way. And I have learned to be courageous and to show up in my own way for me. That's so deep <laughs> and <laughs> so courageous as well. Yeah. Because being true to yourself and um, now that I'm 60 years old, I really don't care anymore what people think. Exactly. They're, they're getting me the way that I'm, I don't care. I mean, um, I brushed my hair today. That was a good thing. You know, <laughs> I mean, it looks great by the way. I love you. the new Thank look. <laughs> Thank you. It's, and, and it's funny because it's one of those things where we worry so much because as women, we worry about what we look like, what our hair is doing. It's going to make or break our day. What's going on with our skin? What is happening? Yes. And, I, and I get that. But the world, because of vis visibility with social media nowadays, our kids, this can devastate them. It can t send them into a spiral. Um, teaching them 
the gift of self-respect, self-compassion to begin again, um, knowing that we've, and to me, I understand this, but she may not understand this when I talk to my daughter, that, that she has survived 100% of her worst days and risen above to begin again. Those mm -hmm. are such courageous acts to get up despite the fact that yesterday was a really crappy day. Absolutely. And we're, we're going to do this. We're going to rebuild. Maybe we're not going to rebuild. Maybe we're just going to get up and stay in bed. That's okay, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's a form of courage, too. Maybe courage that day means you need to stay in your bed and just feel and deal with whatever it is is coming up for you at that moment. That's certainly a form of courage, too. Yes. And, and I know a lot of families out there who have loved ones that they are caring for experience this or may not even have that time, that downtime. Uh, we talk a lot about reframing the whole issue in order to give yourself strength. And that foundation is self-care. And if you are not giving yourself the ability to say, listen, even if it's that you have family members, um, siblings, I'm thinking of a person in particular that they have siblings that have to take care of a, a parent who is ailing. Um, and they have to take turns. And then the, it always ends up that one of the siblings ends up taking the majority of the care more than the others. Speak up, say something to these people, be brave enough to say, listen, I need a break on this day at that time for this. Thank you. I exactly. won't be there. Exactly. That's, that's courageous. That's courageous. That's courageous. Being able to ask for what you want when you need it, how you need it takes a whole lot of courage. And that's just as important as showing up, being able to know when you need that break, because so many times we think we have to just keep going, particularly as caregivers or as moms and nurturers. We think that going, going, going is who we have to be. And we think that that defines us. And we think, well, if we're not going and going, then we're not doing enough and we're not showing up enough. But you have to be able to step back and say, mm -mm, this is what I need, when I need it, how I need it. And this is only going to help me be a better person. And that takes courage. Absolutely. And, and you have the ability to teach us the way. So can you tell us a, a little bit about your, because people who are not familiar with your name change for your new experience that you are putting out into the world courageously, see, there we go again. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and tell them about your blog as well. Sure. So, so talk, you asked me what's one of the most courageous things I've ever done and it escaped me. I should have said starting my business. Talk about courage. <laughs> that takes a lot of courage. So yeah. I should yeah. start with that. Taking, starting my own business is definitely one of the most courageous things I've ever done. But here's the thing. I've, so years ago when my youngest was in kindergarten, she had an incident in school and it was a funny little incident. And I'll share it with you because I think this is really pivotal to where I am now. Um, so just a quick little story. She was in yeah. kindergarten and I got a call from the cafeteria office. You know, they do a robo call and it's like, and the call was your child's account reflects a negative balance. Please refill it so your child can buy lunch. And I'm look, listening to the message and I'm like, why would she have a negative balance? Because I'm packing her lunch every day. So I had put in a little money if she wanted a little extra snack, but I was packing her lunch every day and she was coming home with an empty lunchbox. So I could not understand for the life of me. I was like, why would she have a negative balance? I'm like, it didn't make sense. So I get home and I asked her and I said to her, hey, what are you eating at lunch? And she says, I'm eating my lunch. And I said, are you eating anything else? And she's like, well, because all of a sudden she had gotten caught. She's like, well, sometimes when I'm hungry, I need to buy another lunch. I'm like, well, how often are you doing that? And she was like, almost every day. So it was like, I had discovered her secret. And I'm like, okay, so you have to understand in kindergarten and maybe as a parent, you'll remember School lunch time is not that long. They're not eating no. for like an hour. It's probably about 20 minutes. So 
In about that 20 or 30 minute lunchtime, my five-year-old child not only managed to eat one lunch, but she managed to eat two lunches, okay? <laughs> she was eating two lunches a day because she told me she was as so hungry, her stomach was growling, and that children as far as France could hear her stomach growling. That oh, was she her did. response, yes. That's hysterical. <laughs> So I have got a kick out of that. And she's always been an eater, continues to be an eater. But I was like, I cannot believe this little girl. Some kids can barely finish one lunch. Here she was eating two lunches. And I kid you not, Isabel, a couple of days down the line, as I'm thinking about her, and I was just sitting there, it was like a little voice said to me, write about it. Never had I ever gotten a whisper like that? It was just like a little whisper. You know how you just kind of going about your day and something comes over you, you get a little hunch. It was just like, write about it. And I remember sitting thinking, I've never written anything before. I mean, yes, school papers, grad school papers, reports for work. And I was like, okay. So I sat down and I wrote out the story. Something came over me and I wrote out the story. And I found, because I found it so funny, I wrote it up. And I just decided to share it with a couple of friends just for fun. And some friends were like, oh my God, you need to start writing. This is really funny. This is good. You need to start writing. And I'm like, writing? Wait, I'm not a writer. What are you talking about? But you know, life continues on. You go to the day-to-day, you're raising your kids and you're working and this, you know, and all of that. And fast forward. And I would just kind of write here and there. And then right before the pandemic hit, I had kind of was starting a blog and I was kind of figuring things out. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, I'm going to start my blog really. I'm just going to keep going with it. Cause I had a couple of blogs and tried was trying a few different things and I went ahead with it, started writing and kept going with it and would write here and there But the pull to continue writing and to go forward was like, okay, you need to write and you need to put your writing out there, which leads me to courage because I had been coaching women, right? Using their voice, working with them. But the pull to write kept coming back to me where it was like, you need to write. And so Mm -hmm. it could have been that I said, you know what, I'm just going to keep trying and keep going with coaching because that's the space I need to be in, or that's the space that everybody's doing, or that's the way it's supposed to be now. But I kept getting that call back to my writing and I had to tap wow. into that. Wow. And so as I've done that, it just seems like things have flown are just flowing for me and opportunities just started to show up for me. And I came across an old journal that I had. And in the journal, it was that I wanted to write I wanted to do my uh, podcast and I wanted to be a motivational speaker. You have created your own reality. And here, exactly. And so as I sat back and I came across this journal, I'm like, it's been here all along. This is what you just have to go ahead and follow. And when you tap into that and you choose courage because you can easily doubt yourself. You can wonder what are people going to think? Are people going to read what I write? Are people going to care to listen to my podcast? Are people going to want to come hear me speak? All the what ifs could go through my head. But when you really take that time and trust that what's for you is for you. And if this is what you've been feeling and it's been resonating with you, it's going to follow the path that it's supposed to for you. And so you just have to trust that. And that's finally the space that I'm in. That's so beautiful. I love that um, that you're doing the blog because it is an expression of writing because I'm a writer as well. It's an expression of what is truly coming from your heart. And sometimes the pen will flow easily and other times not so much. And sometimes you have to go back Um, And you never know, you never go back to the same well twice. That is certain because there's always a different font of information that's coming through you based on your experiences in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. And, you know, whether it's writing, that's a form of using your voice, whether it's podcasting, whether it's going live, whether it's being a speaker, there's different avenues of the ways that you can use your voice to 
connect to others and inspire and empower others. Well, what I, it's interesting because of your background in speech, um, I am definitely not an auditory person, I, as mainly. I am a visual person. So the concept of podcasting always was foreign to me because I thought, why would you want to just listen? And what it does is just so powerful because it allows you to be present, completely present with the person and yes. experience that moment. Exactly. And that's what's so unique with podcasting. And that's why I like it because you almost feel like it's just you and the host, right? It's just you and that person speaking one-on-one. -on -one. There's no one else around you. You don't see anybody else listening to it. So you're having this amazing experience where you are connecting with this one person and it feels like, oh, wow, this person is just speaking to me. And so that's what makes it so unique. And that's why I love podcasting. There's an aspect of it that's just so beautifully unique. And it really requires you to be attuned and, you know, just step back and just listen. You're just sitting back and you're listening in a way where you might not listen visually, right? Let, let's say mm -hmm. um, watching someone speak is a certain way you're listening to them, right? You're looking at them. There's other visuals around you, which is just as good. But I do think there's something unique about that podcast aspect where they're just listening to the voice. Oh, I totally agree. The other thing that it does for me is I find myself talking back while yes. they're speaking. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh yeah, that. I know what you yes. mean. Yes. I will say, oh my gosh, yes, I totally get that. Oh, I, yes, that happened to me too. I totally agree with you. I find myself talking back. <laughs> and, and if they are having a conversation such as the one we are having, we would have to pause and allow that person to answer the question because <laughs> uh, what I love about it is that I, because I'm visual, I am seeing myself in the room with the people. Yes. Well, do you, you do that? Yes. It's like you create this mental image of you having that dialogue with them, or I create a mental image of what they're speaking about. And if I'm resonating with me, it's like I'm picturing myself in that message that they're talking about. Yeah, almost definitely. Um, and, and the third thing that, uh, that happens for me is it reminds me of when my mom used to watch soap operas all the time. Um, <laughs> I start to think I had the conversation with somebody else and start telling somebody about what we talked about. Oh, my friend said something. And I go, oh, wait a minute. That wasn't my friend. That was so-and-so. <laughs> well, it's almost like right, you're listening to a friend talk when you listen to that podcast, especially if you're listening to the same one over and over again, you listen to different episodes, then it's almost like, oh, in my head, we are friends. <laughs> Yes. We are friends. <laughs> so what, and, and I believe that that is true on some level somewhere, because whether they feel that way or not, I, and I've actually, because I become, I guess I'm from the era where you used to write fan letters. I will message a particular person and say, I love what you said, blah, blah, blah. And even if they just say, oh, that's so sweet of you. Um, it's, it's endorsement that you have been connected with that person in your life in, in, and not in a fantasy world in exactly. any way. <laughs> Yeah. So no, but, and and all right. So we're going to mention your podcast and your blog. But I was going to say, what podcast do you listen to? Oh, I listen to a few. I listen to, of course, um, Kathy Heller's "Don't right. Keep Your Day Job." I listen to Rachel Rogers has a podcast with Hello Set her Hello Seven company, okay. um, which talks about building your business, which is great. Nice. I also listen to. Um, uh, Stephanie Gass, who talks about building um, her business and podcasting and resources. And there was another one I started listening to, and now the name escapes me. And I can't think it off the top of my head. And sometimes I'll just scroll through and, oh, Two Dope Girls is a really good one. That's a funny one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> funny one. Sometimes I just like to laugh and listen to funny podcasts. Yeah. Um, so there's a few of them that I'll listen to and I'll, I'll have on rotation um, that I'll go back and forth to. I think sometimes it's either information that you want or you want companionship or escape from the real world where you are. Yes, um, yes. And, and I do like 
listening to podcasts while I'm driving. I think that yeah. that's very helpful because it gives you an insight into a lot of things. But sometimes what I like to do is listen to podcasts that other people tell me about and see if I'm drawn in. Um, I, I have never listened to um, the number one podcast, Joe Rogan. I've never listened to that one. Never listened no. to Joe Rogan. And don't never. know what the draw is. Not really sure. Um, I know. Um, and my cat has decided to join us. <laughs> we were talking before, before we had all this going on, we were talking about Mercury being in retrograde, but for heaven's sake, we have had, we have endured all kinds of craziness and we survived. We um, did, we did. <laughs> We've worked through it and faced our fears and we said, we're going to figure it out and we figured yep. it out. Yes. And if anybody can do it, Mo Jones can do it. I can tell you that for sure. Ah, thank you. You have taught me so many things about doing this and just doing it. Feel the fear and do it anyway, as Eleanor Roosevelt would say. Um, I know that, um, let's see, the, the blog is called Mo Jones Speaks and Choose Courage Daily is where people would find you on Instagram. On, no, on Instagram, you can find me at Mo Jones Speaks. That's okay. Mo Jones Speaks. And you uh, Choose Courage Daily is my podcast that you can find on oh. Apple Podcasts. And then you can go to my website, um, www.mojonespeaks.com. And you can check out my blog and read a little bit more about courage. I love it. My cat is enjoying this. She's very courageous <laughs> sitting here listening to you intently. I think she likes your voice, <laughs> but we all do. And, and you have taught us so much. A lot of the people who have worked with us through Kathy Heller um, speak so highly of you. You have a, a large fan base, whether you like it or not. Oh, thank um, you. We all love thank you. Thank you. And I know that anyone who listens to this will be able to choose courage more easily as a result of what you've taught us. And I hope that they continue to course correct 1%, try a little courage today, even if it's something as simple as saying hello to somebody. If that's where it begins, that's where it begins. Exactly, start right where you are. Exactly. Thank you so much, Mo. Thanks for having me, Isabel. This was great. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for being here today to talk about courage with Mo Jones. There's more information about Mo in the show notes. If you'd like to find out more about life on the bright side, a caregiver's joy-filled journey or the podcast, please check out Instagram at our life on the bright side or our Facebook group is available to you as well 24 7. We're always continuing the conversation there. So look for us and don't forget to live your life on the bright side. Live brightly, bravely, and you will notice a difference every single day. Even if it's a tiny step, that's all that matters. Turtle steps are still steps. Take care. <laughs>